Oh, it is that time of year, and like many of you over here at Codinia Chocolate, we are deep in holiday production. Oh, the overwhelm. <laughs> I want to dive into what it means being a chocolatier working in the holidays, and why it is so important, and why it's also so necessary to check yourself. That is what we're talking about in today's I Heart Chocolate podcast. Welcome to the I Heart Chocolate Podcast, a space where chasing dreams and indulging in chocolate is celebrated, where it's okay to walk the abnormal path, break tradition, and pursue your own true happiness. A space where you can gain encouragement, inspiration, and confidence to go out there and become the best chocolatier you possibly can be. I'm your host, Tina Codinia, and I know what it is to be chocolate crazy. Like you truly feel called to do this, as if a light suddenly went on and all arrows point to chocolate. I've had the honor of working under some of the best chocolatiers in the industry, and all the while have dedicated my free time toward bettering my craft at home. I'm a wife, a mother, founder of Codinia Chocolate and Codinia Chocolate Mentorship, which I proudly run with my amazing, talented husband, Bruno. Chocolate is so much in my blood, I couldn't live without it. It's been the wildest journey thus far, and my hope is that this inspires you to keep on keeping on and believe that you can do this too, because the truth is, yes, you can. You really, truly can. So consider me your new chocolate friend, constantly cheering you on because I'm right there with you. And let's dive in. Hey, 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 chocolate friends. Happy December. It has been a couple of weeks since I've been on this. Your girl had to take a break. (laughs) I am speaking to you while I wait for Bruno. He is currently in the hospital having a procedure done. And I feel like I just gone back after his trip from France and I'm losing him again. (laughs) There are a lot of things that are happening right now. And quite frankly, I just needed a break. Truth be told, I really just needed a break. So I took a break from social media for a few days. And if you follow, then you know that I'm usually very consistent on that. But I reached a point where as much as I tried to plan for everything, as much as I was like, I got this. As much as I felt like I was on top of things, you know, there's times where in life things just get too much and it catches up to us. And November was definitely that month. Anyways, in the spirit of the holidays, I wanted to shed light on what it's like being a chocolatier working the holiday rush. If you're a new chocolatier, I think you might find this especially helpful, right? So typically, uh, holiday time is super important for chocolatiers because it's an, it's an important opportunity to bring in a lot of revenue that will help cover those months when it becomes slow, aka the summer. Uh, people love to spend cash during the holidays. People love chocolates. You really can't go wrong if you're a chocolatier putting out chocolate at this time. Unless, number one, your chocolate is not very good, in which case you need to go back and do the basics and make sure you have all of that down pat. Or number two, your customer base, your customer service, your marketing, all that business end stuff sucks. Sadly, many chocolatiers who are not reaping the holiday glow and the benefits and this awesome opportunity for revenue fall into the second category, right? Hey chocolate friend, do you ever dream about what it'd be like working with chocolate? Are you curious about this industry and find yourself scrolling through social media, watching every tutorial possible, or just plain wondering how the heck to get started? Are you a chocolatepreneur struggling to grow your business? Enter Codinia Chocolate Mentorship, a mentorship program unlike any other because not only is it an ongoing education program where my hubby Bruno and I teach you the fundamentals of chocolate making, 
but it's also a space where we dive deep into what exactly it takes to be a successful chocolatier. I'm talking mindset, sales strategies, product development, and more. In our program, you will have the chance to interact through live group courses, receive one-on-one coaching sessions, and join our private Facebook group for further support. We want to help you succeed and truly live a life doing what you love. Because guess what? It is possible. If you have grit and determination, and most importantly, believe that this chocolate dream is for you, we want to work with you. The dream of becoming a successful chocolatier can truly become your reality. So, I just have one last question. Are you ready to raise the roof on your chocolate confidence and experience an amazing transformation, chocolate friend? That's a long amazing, that's a long amazing. Think about that. <laughs> Head on over to www.codiniachocolatementorship.com forward slash apply to schedule your complimentary strategy call. And let's make your chocolate journey one to remember, right? All right, back to our podcast. Which honestly is not the worst end of the spectrum to be in because there's a chance for improvement. The lack of abundance is a sign to start working on what can make you more abundant. Haha. So I think often we get into this space where we feel like we're doing everything, right? But you don't really slow down to take a look at what you're actually doing. You're kind of just doing all the things that you think you're supposed to be doing, right? If that makes any sense. I'll share with you that I have memories doing the holiday rush um, from various kitchens, especially my first job in New York working at Jacques. Jacques Therese for those out there. And in the winter, we were actually already working on Valentine's and Easter's. We were literally going through tons of chocolate each season. Tons, T-O-N-S, tons is what, 2,000 pounds, I believe? Literal tons each season. And amazingly, um, with just three chocolatiers in the shop, we got it all done. On rare occasion, we did overtime, um, but I mean, Chef Jacques' business, it's a freaking beast. When I was working there, he had 10 stores. I don't know if he expanded, he probably has. And seeing how he grew his business starting from nothing, like literal nothing, telling me that he used to sleep in his shop each night. He literally had like a tin can as a tip jar when he first started off. Just him and his business partner and to grow into what it's become and have longevity is super inspiring. Like hands down, like hats off to Chef Jacques. And I remember when I was working there, you know, I joined Chef Jacques asking him how to become a successful chocolatier. And the first piece of advice was he said, work for the best, go after the best. That was before I worked for him. I went after him. And since then, I always worked after the top chocolatiers in my eyes, in the industry's eyes, um, were valuable, who could give me knowledge, who were doing businesses, who had success and years and years of training and experience in this craft. Because it's one thing, as I always say, to be a chocolatier. It's another thing to be a chocolatier who's successful, right? And if you're working the holidays and you're constantly doing every single aspect yourself, Without machines, you'll learn, especially that's super hard. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's super hard. Uh, I lived this life for a very long time. When I had the chocolate lady, it was my side business. I would go to my regular job and during holiday time in corporate hotels, that was 12 hours a day, maybe longer, prepping for these huge uh, holiday parties and New Year Eve parties that we were doing production on straight for like two months. And the little bit of time I had before work or after work, I was doing my own thing without any machines. 
and I kept pushing through it and I know that some people might be thinking why the heck would you be doing that if you necessarily didn't need to do it if you have another source of income and it's because I really enjoyed doing chocolate and I knew that one day I was going to have a business where this was going to be what I was going to do full time without a backup without anything else and I had to learn to figure it out and I think that's part of what I'm trying to get to here with the whole holiday rush thing is holiday rush test a lot of entrepreneurs it tests a lot of chocolatiers on what your capability is whether it kicks you in the butt or whether you get really prosperous from it you're going to learn a lot about yourself so take the time to see the learning lesson in it i learned after just a year of cudinia chocolate and knowing that i was not going to have bruno for the majority of november i needed to do something for me to get ahead i didn't want to spend the crazy amount of money for a tempering machine just yet but I invested in an easy temper. And honestly, you know, maybe because Bruno is French and he's old school and he didn't really believe too much in an easy temper. But honestly, easy temper has saved my life. <laughs> this holiday season without Bruno, uh, being able to bust out the amount of work that I have the last three, four weeks, I owe to investing in a machine that has made my life a lot easier, an easy temper. And that is something, another key takeaway, like I said, with Chef Jacques' business, why were we able, a small team of three chocolatiers in the shop that we were at, we did all the molded items, we did all the hot cocoa mix, we did all the bark, we did all the small light confections. How were we able to make enough for 10 stores with just three people? Machines. I know that the artistry of chocolate is amazing and great. And if you're a new chocolatier, you have to start to think of where do you see yourself in the future? Do you see yourself having a large thriving business with multiple stores or huge storefronts, etc.? At which point, yes, revenue needs to take into account, just like any business, but especially revenue, especially knowing your costs, especially knowing that if you're going to be great and big, your expenses are also going to grow with your profits, right? And how do you balance that? With Chef Jacques, he invested in a lot of machines. And again, three people going through tons and tons of chocolate each season, being on top of it every freaking season, having a really organized chef as our head, Chef Christophe, it, we got through it. I was just really amazed and in awe and thankful that I had the opportunity to see that that could be done, you know? And I've also worked on the other opposite of the spectrum during the holiday season where there were machines but the workload was just way too much and the employees for the amount of workload was just off balance and you can't run a business successfully something is going to give whether your business rises but you kill all your employees running them to the ground you're going to have turnover right there has to be this balance of knowing you know I think it goes back to the the founder, the head of whoever your business is. How do you foresee your your future? What type of business do you see? What type of chef are you? Because like I said, I worked on two ends of the spectrum. I worked on someone who has handled it very successfully and ran his kitchen like a freaking military, like organized, sharp, no BS. And I worked for someone who also kind of militant, um, organized, but just put way too much on his employees. At the end of the day, even if you have machines, even if you have people, but you don't have enough people, you're running something into the ground. And at times, it could be both your business and yourself 
the employees who suffer. And I think if you're a one-person show going into your holiday season, taking on way too much work, you are going to burn out. I kind of experienced that last week. There was just way too much going on. We came back from a huge Vegas trip. We did 250 amenities uh, for my brother's wedding. If you saw the footage and you saw how crazy it was. And straight after that, I jumped into custom orders. I jumped into corporate orders. I jumped into restocking our store. I jumped into holiday production all at once by myself. And again, as much as I had things to help me, it was just too much. So I took a break and just took a day and a half to just be. And I said, I am not going to work in this mindset, in this mood, because it's not productive. It's not, it's not doing anything for me. And that inspired this podcast talk because I wanted to talk about how, especially as entrepreneurs, we're always trying to, you know, get to the next mark, hit our next mark, keep growing our business, grow, 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 grow. What can I do more? That is the mindset when you're on the grind. It's a great mindset, but we also forget that we are human and we need to take care of ourselves first. And if you're in this industry, you know, I was watching that other show. I'm on a whole tangent here, you guys. <laughs> I was watching that other show, School of Chocolate with Omri. Super great show. Highly recommend it on Netflix if you're a chocolatier. And one of the chefs had said, you know, what the prize can mean for him because being a chef has been such a struggle. And when he said it, it just like, ugh, <laughs> it hit. Because I'm sure there's many of you out there who can relate and you know how hard, just how hard it is in this industry. I love this industry. I love my job. Don't get me wrong. I a million percent would not do anything else. But it's very hard. It's very difficult to make it. And after, you know, having a family and being in it for a while, I just realized there has to be balance. And I'm not going to kill myself to the ground, you know, unnecessarily for a little bit more money when I could just be content with what I'm making and enjoy the time that I have with the family I have while I can. So, yeah. I just wanted to put that out there because I think that I'm not alone when I say this, that, you know, you work and you work and you work through the holidays at however many hours of the day, killing yourself, and the people who are around you don't get anything out of it, you know? We give our best to our work, but we don't give the best to our families or even the best to ourselves. So in true, you know, Tina fashion, I stopped during that day and a half and I sulked a little bit and I thought about, okay, something needs to change because I cannot maintain this. You know, I took on way too much. I admit I took on way too much and I need to evaluate. So I said, okay, well, what do I do? I need to take care of my health again. So I signed up for a gym and I stopped because I just didn't have the time. I'm going to make time. Um, I said no to opportunities that were happening in December because I told Bruno, I'm like, I am not going to work every single day in December. You know, it's just not going to happen. I said no to certain opportunities that were there that I'm sure would have been very uh, prosperous for us, but I'm not going to work every single freaking day. That's not in my plan. And I just said no to some things that I just knew, you know, in the end wouldn't serve me the best way, meaning 
make me into the best chocolatier necessarily because I took on more work. It doesn't it doesn't work that way. I don't see it that way. I'm I'm reaching a point where I'm starting to try and trust more and realize that what I'm doing is enough. You know, I've taken on a lot this year. I think a lot of us have taken on a lot this year. And as much as there's that growth mentality, there's also the mentality to just trust in what you're doing and not always trying to one up yourself all the time and to enjoy the seasons for what it is. So, yeah. And like I said, if you are currently in the same boat, I hope that you take some time to rest. I hope that you get to go drink some hot cocoa or go see some lights. Or if you're like not a Christmas person, do something joyful for you, you know. Um, And I just hope that we all get through this year, this season, remembering, you know, what's most important. As much as I love chocolate and I love what I do and I love, you know, the things that have come from it. You guys, you gotta enjoy the life, right? Bruno always teases me about that. He's like, you can't enjoy, where's the point of doing all this if you're gonna end up dead? And it's 100% true. So, yeah. Okay, I have rambled long enough. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I will catch you on the next one. And go wish Bruno Bear a happy birthday. When this comes out, it is its birthday. Bye. And that's all, folks. By the way, in case we aren't friends yet, let's keep the connection going and get social on the gram. You can always reach out to us at Codinia Chocolate, where we post inspirational, drool-worthy, and informative tips on all things chocolate. And can I just say, thanks for hanging out with me today. If you felt a connection from this podcast or found it helpful, please be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so we can keep spreading the chocolate happiness. Y'all know that that is my life mission. But really though, <laughs> via chocolate making, teaching, and now through sound. woo Have a beautiful day, and I know it's going to sound cheesy, but it is true. In case you needed a reminder, you are 100% worthy of the life that you dream, chocolate-filled or otherwise. You just have to summon up the courage to pursue it. And then you keep pursuing and grinding and working and loving it until you get there. Okie dokie, catch you on the next one.